Morning, everyone. Welcome to the live devotion this morning. And before we start, I'm just going to pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you're, for your grace. Thank you that you are always faithful. And I pray that um, you will speak to us today. Use my lips to speak your words today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, hello Janine. Hello my mom, Marietta. Um, that is like on your op die stream to see. Okay, so today I want to speak about wisdom. Now, wisdom is um, something I think all of us are most probably on a daily basis looking for. Um, we want answers from God. We want to know what to do. We want to, to know what is the right thing to do in this situation. And the thing about wisdom is, is that what is right for one person is not necessarily right for another person. So, um, so a big question is, how do we get wisdom? But I want to read, um, start in Proverbs 2. We're going to read quite a few, um, quite a bit of scripture today um, so that we can just, you know, get a grasp of this wisdom. So let's read from Proverbs 2 from verse 1. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to skillful and godly wisdom, and inclining and directing your heart and mind to understanding, yes, if you cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek wisdom as for silver and search for skillful and godly wisdom as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of our omniscient God. For the Lord gives skillful and godly wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He hides away sound and godly wisdom and stores it for the righteous. Now for me, that was just when I read this last verse, verse 7, it was just so precious to see because the word says that... Um, Truths or um, treasures is hidden away for kings to search out. God hides treasures so that we can search it out. And we've spoken about this. It is not that God wants to, um, <laughs> you know, hide it away from you. He hides it in a safe place. And those of us who are hungry enough to search for him will find those treasures. Okay, let's go to Proverbs 3. My son, forget not my law or teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and tranquility, these shall they add to you. Wow. So first in, in chapter 2, it says that, my son, listen to my words. Now in chapter 3 says, my son, forget not my law or teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Now we know the law of, of um, Moses have been fulfilled in Christ. So the law that he now referenced to is the teachings of God. It is the law of the spirit of life. It is the new commandment and not the old commandments of Moses. And he says when we keep that, so when we keep, um, and that is, you can see that in two ways. First of all, you keep it. You keep it in your heart. And you will see just now why I want to... Um, Put emphasis on that rather than saying keeping it, you know, keeping by the rules. Now, keeping by doing the commandments, keeping them is also important. But keeping them, treasuring in your heart is, I want to say, even much more important. 
for lengths of days and years of life and tranquility, these shall they add to you. So literally, they add life to you. They add peace to you. Let not mercy and kindness, hatred and selfishness and truth um, or falsehood, what? And truth forsake you. Bind them about your neck. Write them upon the tablet of your heart. Now, where does the Holy Spirit write his new laws? It is on our hearts. It's no longer written on the tablet of Moses, but it is written on the tablets of our heart. And he's saying... Um, Bind them about your neck. And I was just immediately thinking of the opposite that the law does. And Jesus was rebuking the Pharisees at one time. And he was saying, you keep the laws, but you do not even lift a finger um, for people, you know, to help them. You um, even shut the doors to, to heaven, to eternal life for people because of your teaching. And that is because they were so strict about keeping the rules of the law. Um, and then God said, may it be like a millstone around your neck that when you're thrown into the sea you basically drown you know but here he's putting it in in the opposite the teachings of the word keep it around your neck here close to your heart keep it here so shall you find favor good understanding and high esteem in the sight of God a man lean on trust in and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind and do not rely on your own insight and understanding. Now, as we get to know Jesus more and more and our minds become renewed and we think like Jesus, um, you know, the thought that we think will be the thought of Christ. But it is also true that we are growing in our relationship with Jesus. So not everything that we we think um, is always the wisdom of God. But one way that you can make a uh, distinguish is if there is peace. Is it giving you life? Is it setting you free? And if, is it giving you peace? Okay, so he says, do not trust in your own understanding. Do not trust in the ways that you've been brought up. Do not trust in the traditions that you've just got from your forefathers um, of this is how we do things. Do not trust. Now, there may be truth in that. And there may be even godly wisdom that, have could, that can come from your forefathers that have been given over to generation and generation. You can receive that. But not all things that we receive from previous generations is necessarily the wisdom of God. And in the same way, you know, I, if, if somebody wants to read a book to, to gain knowledge or insight in something, I would say, yes, go for it. But in the end, if you stand in a situation, what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose to hear the Spirit or only follow the rules of the book? Okay, so those things are giving us insight. But in the end, the use that we put them to, if it is not in relationship with the Spirit, they are of no value. In all your ways, recognize and acknowledge Him, and He will direct and make straight and plain your paths. How amazing is that? When we just recognize and acknowledge Him, so every day we come through to how many decisions that we that we need to make. And sometimes we think, you know, maybe I should first fast for 40 days before I can get an answer to something. No, he gives, makes it simple. He says, um, in all your ways, recognize and acknowledge him. So often what I would do if I'm standing in a situation, I'm just saying, Lord, I don't know what to do. You have all wisdom. Just help me. And then I go about on with my day. And before you know it, you have an answer to, to, to what you need.
it kind of it's like it almost falls from heaven into your mind. You're like, oh yeah, that this is amazing. Okay, be not wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear and worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. So be not wise in your own eyes. The word says, do not think more of yourself than you ought to. We ought to, first of all, without Christ, you are nothing. You are less than nothing. You are a worm without Christ. But since we have received Christ, we are sons of God. So um, it is not that we are not supposed to... Um, acknowledge and walk in our identity and authority but it is always in relationship with Jesus again if you you know you hear a word oh you're a son of God and you go out and you're like I'm a son of God I can do what I want and I will tell people what to do and I will you know that's arrogance that not that is not boldness that is not true wisdom so wisdom will always have humility Jesus says in, in Matthew 10 he says learn from me I am gentle and weak. So that is one very good tip for you. That's wisdom, you know, is to actually just learn from Jesus. And he is humble. He is meek. He is gentle. Okay. So do not be wise in your own eyes. Don't think that you have made it. Don't think that even even if you have made it in terms of a certain area and in your standards, you might think, well, I am now prosperous. I, I, I make a lot of money. Or you know what? I know how to work with people. Or you know what? I know how to raise children. Or you know what? If it is, I know how to do business. Do not be wise in your own eyes. The whole point of our growth and relationship with Jesus is to continue in that and to always lean on him for wisdom from day to day. When God shares truths with us, when he shares those hidden treasures with us, it is not to make us independent from him. So, you know, I may learn something today that is really godly wisdom, but tomorrow, if I'm in, in a similar situation or in the same situation, the true, true godly wisdom would not be to rely on yesterday's revelation. The true godly wisdom would be to trust Jesus in that moment to do something for you. Okay, so he says, be not wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear and worship the Lord. Now, I have spoken about the fear of the Lord before um, in one of my worship videos that I do on YouTube. And... The fear of the Lord, I wanted to lift out two things. The one is that it is not being afraid, but it is giving all our attention to God. It is almost standing in fear of not giving our attention to God. And God is not a harsh father or a harsh master. You have to understand that. But... Something, and I'm not going to elaborate too much because I need a lot of revelation still on this. But something I realize is that the church also needs to wake up from its complacency and its familiarity with God. So I just want to put that in opposition with that. You know, we're so used to it. And I was I was also listening to a sermon of, of Bill Johnson yesterday, about, yesterday where he spoke about revival. And he said, revival has a cost. Now, people give up their sleep, people give up their time, people, you know, really um, labor for revival. And I spoke in the other the day that we will, you know, reap things that we have not even labored for. But somebody was carrying the cost. And I also do believe that there's a cost in seeing the things of God. We need to sacrifice our own thinking, our own insight, our own understanding. Now, 
we want revival, but we don't want cost. We want to sit in, you know, just go about our daily lives, going to work, coming back from home, just, you know, seeing our friends. Every weekend we're doing this and this. But we are not necessarily willing to pursue God with everything inside of us. So just hear my heart right with this. Um, I'm not saying we should suffer for Jesus. You know, it, this is not what, I, what I'm trying to get at. What I'm just saying is that it's a dangerous place to become complacent <laughs> and to, to be familiar with the things of God. Let's go after it as if we have never tasted and seen God before or just with at least the realization that there is so much more. Okay, so do not be wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear and worship the God. Worship God. So that fear is really, um, the fear of God is, is wisdom. And it says it's also in one of the scriptures. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. It shall be health to your nerves and sinews and marrows and moistening to your bones. Honor the Lord with your capital, so finances and sufficiency and with the first fruits of all your income. So shall your storage places be filled with plenty and your vats shall over be overflowing with new wine. Okay, so here he's speaking also about finances. What is wisdom? Godly wisdom is to honor God with your first fruits. My son, do not despise or shrink from the chastening of the Lord. His correction, um, or yeah, neither be wary or impatient about or loath or abhor his reproof, reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. So here is another piece of wisdom. <laughs> is accept the discipline of the Lord. And we've spoken about this. The discipline, if you go read Hebrews 12, is not God giving you like cancer to teach you something. The discipline comes from God Correcting you by the word. So be open to that. Again, going back, do not lean on your understanding. You might be thinking, listen, I know this and I am right. You know, we so want to be right. Allow God, submit your heart to God so that he can correct you if you have wrong teaching. Okay, so now we're going to jump over to Proverbs 4. From verse 20, my son, attend to my words. Consent and submit to my saying. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. Okay, so here he's speaking about keep them in the center of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard. For out of it flows the spring of life. So how, what is it that you guard in your heart? It is the word. For out of it, um, the flow of springs um, will flow springs of life. Put away from your false and dishonest speech and willful and contrary talk put far from you. Okay, so again, here is some wisdom. If you want to keep the word in your heart, put away false and contrary speech. Speak only the word of God. Let your eyes look right on, fixed per purpose, with a fixed purpose. And let your gaze be straight before you. Thinking of Matthew 6, when the eye of the body is bright, the whole body is bright. So do you want wisdom for your daily walk, for your feet and your legs? Do you want daily wisdom? Keep your eyes on the word. Keep it in your heart. Okay, let's go to James 1. Verse 
From verse 2, consider it wholly joyful, my brother, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials or any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and the proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. If any one of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God to um, who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault-finding, and it will be given him. Okay, so he's speaking here about trials and temptations. Now, the first thing I want to, you to understand is that God cannot tempt you. It just says it later in the scripture. So it's not God tempting you. But this is how I started this morning. We want answers to a lot of things in our lives, and many of them we do not necessarily see as a trial or temptation temptation, but many of those are, you know, like, how should I be acting in this situation? What should I be doing? Should I be choosing, choosing this or this? You know, should I be waking up early to, to pray or should I do it at night? You know, it can be the smallest, you know, smallest question that you have. And sometimes just by dwelling on the questions and not turning to the to Jesus to, to give you the peace, the life, and the wisdom. That in itself is sometimes a trial. Just sometimes asking the questions is a temptation. I mean, typically that, that Gerrit has, has spoken about, people would say, why would a God of love? You know, that's a temptation to ask those questions. Why would God? It's a temptation to keep up, and, and he also posted on Facebook, to keep God to a certain outcome, come, and you keep asking him questions until you feel, listen, I have now received the outcome that I want. Okay, so in trials and temptations, he says, um, be joyful in them. So, you know, you're sitting with this thing that you have. Do not worry about it. Rejoice in Jesus. And understand then that as you rejoice in Jesus while you are facing your trials and temptations, endurance and steadfastness and patience is manifested in you. Patience is spirit, fruit of the spirit. As we rejoice in the spirit, patience comes forward. And that patience does a proper work in us, a full work, lacking nothing. So, but what do we need? We need wisdom. So he's saying you're going through these trials and these temptations. If you lack wisdom, hey, just ask Jesus. <laughs> you know, he's saying, I am not going to punish you for even you bringing you to that trial and temptation, because, you know, that's often what happens. <laughs> um, most of our trials and temptations is because we have put ourselves there. And often it is because of the words we've been speaking. Okay. I'm not bringing condemnation. The whole point is verse 5, that God says he's not going to do fault finding with you. Don't worry about it. He's not going to be grudging towards you. If you're in the trial and temptation, he's saying, just ask me for wisdom. I'm just going to give it liberally to you. So how amazing is that? You know, maybe you bought a car that you shouldn't have bought, even though people have said you don't buy it. Or you took a course that you started studying, and now you lost a lot of money because you shouldn't have. You know, even though people said to you, godly people gave you godly wisdom, but you didn't want. Now you're in that situation. Or you made a lot of debt because of choices that you made. Jesus is saying to you, hey, 
come to me. I will give you wisdom to get you out of this, that it will be life to your bones. It will bring fatness to your body, to your bones. I will give you the answer. Just keep on coming to me. Just You can rejoice in this, even in your where you have placed yourself. I will get you out of this. I will give you the wisdom to get you out of this. And I won't do it with any grudging or any fault finding. How amazing is that? I just really find that so special, you know, that we get ourselves in situations. And Jesus is saying, no fault finding. Listen, just come. I will give you wisdom. Just come to me. Just come to me. Okay, 1 Corinthians 1. I want to start reading. Yes, let's start with um, verse 18. For the story and the message of the cross is sheer absurdity and folly to those... um, who are perishing and on their way to perdition. But to us who are being saved, it is the manifestation of the power of God. For it is written, I will baffle and render render useless and destroy the learning of the learned and the philosophy of the philosopher and the cleverness of the clever and the discernment of the discerning. I will frustrate and bring them to nothing. Where is the wise man, the philosopher? Where is the scribe? Where is the investigator of this present time and age? Has not God shown up the nonsense and the folly of this world's wisdom? For when the world with all its earthly wisdom failed to perceive and recognize and know God by means of its own philosophy, God in all his wisdom was pleased through the foolishness of preaching to um, preaching Oh, lost of my plaque. Preaching salvation or procured by Christ and to be had through him to save those who believed. For while Jews ask for signs and miracles and Greeks pursue philosophy and wisdom, we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews it is a scandal and an offensing stumbling block. And to the Gentiles it is absurd and utterly unphilosophical nonsense. But to those who are called, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And God uses the foolish things of this earth to confound the wise, etc. So he's saying the world, with all its wisdom, is unable to perceive. Where does he describe it? He said to perceive and recognize and know God. So what will godly wisdom do? It will give you the ability to perceive, to recognize, and to know God. And how will you do it? Through the preaching of the cross, Jesus Christ. So I want to end with one word that really this morning, I was just like, this is awesome, just tying all of this together. Romans 10, verse 17, and I'm going to read from the King James. He says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how does faith come? It comes by hearing. Okay. How does hearing come? It comes by the word of God. What is wisdom? It is you or how do we perceive wisdom? 
we, I would want, I almost want to say, if somebody with greater wisdom is somebody who's able to hear more clearly the word or hear more clearly God. As, as we grow, so you start off, all of us can hear his voice, but we, we, we grow in that. I mean, he says in Romans, oh, in John 10, that his sheep hear his voice. So it's not that anybody cannot hear his voice, but we practice that spiritual sense. So if I want wisdom, I need to be able to put my own thinking aside and hear the God. Hear the God. Hear God. How does that hearing comes? How does that ability for you to be able to hear what the wisdom of God is in that situation? It comes by the word of God and the Amplified says by the preaching. Okay. So we go to 1 Corinthians 1. It says the foolishness of the cross, of the preaching of the cross, is the wisdom of God. Okay. So for people it's foolish, but for God, that preaching is the wisdom. So faith comes to us when we hear. But our ability, okay, faith to be able to do something comes to us when we hear God. When we are, our, 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 our ears are open. But for our ears to be able to open, it comes by the preaching or the word of God. So literally, this word, if you want wisdom and be able to discern the wisdom of God, properly hear him, this is where you need to spend your time. This is what you need to treasure in your heart. Because that, in the end, I mean, it doesn't necessarily make sense. There's certain things he speaks about, but he doesn't say what you should do with a two-year-old 11 o'clock at night. He doesn't say that. I don't know. If, you, if he does, please send me the WhatsApp. <laughs> you understand what I mean? It doesn't give you necessarily, you know, that kind of guidelines. But if the word is kept here in your heart, then you will know what to do. Then you will know how to get you out of that financial debt. So some of, the, some of the things are clear. Like I said, some of the things we discuss, honor God with your first fruits for finances. Um, if you get yourself in trouble, you know, rejoice. So there are, I mean, so much wisdom. But there are certain things that's not in that detail described. But still, God will teach you in all truth. So that is the word for today. I think Romans 10 just really blessed me. It was like... Faith comes by hearing, but to be able to hear comes by the word. So keep in the word. So let me just see. Ek het klaar vir Janine in my maag gegroet. Morgen dinit van Danapai. Lekker om jou te sien. Hi Benny, nice to see you. Angie, uh, Nicola Rue, Louise. Ah, midnight hello from Canada. <laughs> yeah, that is paying the cost, Louise, you know, to, to hear the word in the middle of the night. That's awesome. Bless you guys. Have a good weekend.